Daniel chapter 7, verse 15 through 28. As for me, Daniel, my spirit within me was anxious, and the visions of my head alarmed me. I approached one of those who stood there and asked him the truth concerning all this. And so he told me and made known to me the interpretation of these things. These four great beasts are the four kings who shall arise out of the earth. But the saints of the Most High shall receive the kingdom and possess the kingdom forever and ever and ever. Then I desired to know the truth about the four beasts, which was different from all the rest, exceedingly terrifying. Uh, when its teeth and and of iron and claws of bronze and it devoured and broke into pieces and stamped what was left with its feet. It had about ten horns that were on its head, and the other horns that came up before were, which three of them fell. The horn that had eyes and a mouth and spoke great things and seemed greater than its companions. As I looked, this horn made war with the saints and prevailed over them until the Ancient of Days came, and judgment was given for the saints of the Most High. And the time came when the saints possessed the kingdom. Thus he said, as for the fourth beast, there shall be a fourth kingdom on earth, which shall be different from all the other kingdoms. It shall devour the whole earth and trample it down and break it into pieces. As for the ten horns, out of this kingdom ten kings shall arise, and another shall arise after them. He shall be different from the former ones, and shall put down the three kings. He shall speak words against the Most High, and shall wear out of the saints of the Most High, and shall think to change the times and the law. And they shall be given into his hand for a time, times, and half a time. But the courts shall sit in judgment, and his dominion shall be taken away to be consumed and destroyed to the end. And the kingdom and the dominion and the greatness of the kingdom under the whole earth shall be given to the people of the saints of the Most High. His kingdom shall be an everlasting kingdom, and all dominion shall serve and obey him. Here's the end of the matter. As for me, Daniel, my thoughts greatly alarmed me. My color changed, but I kept the matter in my heart. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, we're here in Babylon, and uh, Daniel is figuring stuff out. <laughs> and uh, man, it's good to be in the chair, Will. But gosh, you you threw me in to the. Come on, we had to bring in the the big guns. You threw for me into the Daniel's deep. You threw me into the deep. Um, I'm glad we're we're reading through Daniel, though. Um, but man, this is not a story about God protecting three Hebrew men in a furnace this is uh, <laughs> no, no. this is they, spicy. they jumped over this one in sunday school yeah exactly well i mean, and actually you say they jumped over this one in sunday school i was a kid in the 80s mm. will when like this was sunday school like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and you know the, cameron kirk yes yeah. i mean it was very uh um, late great planet earthy back then I grew up mm. in a, like a heavily dispensational church. And so yeah. like Daniel was very important. I was just telling you before the episode, I, I really, Daniel's like one of those books that I think I have a, and with all due respect to your, uh, dispensationalist listeners out there. I mean, <laughs> I, I think that my, you know, theology has moved and I haven't done like, 
I mean, I, I remember studying Daniel in seminary, but I haven't done like a hardcore deep study of Daniel mm. probably since then. And uh, that's that's something I need to do. But no, no anyway, like the present. Yeah. I know it's great. Yeah, it's good to be jumping in here with you. But um, yeah, so these kingdoms, this beast, these horns, kind of catch me up where uh, where we've been on our daily rhythm, and then we'll we'll, we'll jump in. Absolutely. I mean, so we've been, you know, obviously just going straight through Daniel, which starts with the sacking of the temple and of Jerusalem of Nebuchadnezzar, uh, holding the reins of Babylon. And God is oddly silent. But from the time that, you know, Daniel and his three friends who are renamed Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, and, you know, Daniel, his Babylonian name is Belteshazzar. You know, from the time that they get to Babylon, God is very active, but not in the public eye per se and not in the ways that you would expect. And not in the places that you would expect. Exactly. But, you know, in places like Nebuchadnezzar's furnace and his bedchambers, he's speaking through dreams. Um, And so for this reason, like Daniel, it's actually been very encouraging for me as a reader in a very secular age where one of the big questions is basically, you know, why won't God just come out? you know, more forthright right, right. if he's so real. And I think Daniel addresses that head on. And, you know, Nebuchadnezzar is humiliated. He is restored. Um, his son Belshazzar uh, has taken the throne. And then there's this handwriting on the wall episode, which is one of the most interesting, you know, that was more of a Sunday school story. Sure. But it's a very, very interesting story. Uh, in which Daniel, once again, uh, filled with the Spirit of God, steps in and interprets the dream, uh, basically saying that his days are very, very numbered. And that night, Belshazzar is assassinated. And so Daniel is in the midst of great, great political turmoil. Yeah, just think about the political chaos that's going on Yeah, absolutely. And then the whole lines then thing happens after that, uh, you know, with in this new kingdom of the Medes and the Persians. And so Daniel is, he's amidst revolution and conquest. Darius has taken over. Yep. And the Medes and the Persians are now in charge. Yep. And now Daniel has this like kingdom's vision. Except this vision happens in the first year of Belshazzar. So we're kind of like stepping back a little bit. Okay. Yeah. Now we're going back to Belshazzar. Um, So yeah. Verse one of chapter seven is in the first year of Belshazzar. Um, But it's, you know, Belshazzar has a very short reign. Like it's a, it's a very chaotic time. And then he has this very, very chaotic dream or vision, which we read yesterday where there's these four, uh, you know, just storybook beasts that are tramping around the earth. And then there's this ancient of days who takes his seat. And then there's this son of man who's given dominion. And, um, you know, one of the interesting things about Daniel is there's all this language regarding Nebuchadnezzar at the beginning of the book, talking about all people's nations and languages serving the king of Babylon. But here, which, you know, of course, when we hear all tribes, tongues, nations, whatever, we think Jesus. Well, here in verse 14 of chapter seven in yesterday's reading, it, it prophesies that all people's nations and languages should serve him, the son of man. And so the, the tide is beginning to shift on the the ultimate ruler of the earth. And so that's kind of what we're stepping into today. And, you know, basically this is kind of apocalyptic, prophetic language. And so there's some very hazy language around, you know, who is 
who is this last king who is going to, you know, wage war and oppose the most high and wear out the saints. Some people would think it's Nebuchadnezzar or uh, just Babylon in general. Some people would think that it's Rome. You know, some people might think America or Russia or China and like hyper contextualize it. So um, that that's basically where we are and we can see where this story ends up. And it's kind of this revelation son of man reigning with dominion. Um, But there's a lot of haziness before we get there. Well, and, and, you know, it's interesting. Like, I think, I love that, like the way this like passage that I just read ends. You know, Daniel his his thoughts greatly alarmed him. I mean, I do think when we kind of start start to think about um, the movement of history, kings and kingdoms, um, where history may be going, the security of nations. I mean, all of this kind of stuff. Um, it can be alarming. I mean, it can be overwhelming and. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of back to my previous comment, that's kind of what the 80s were like. I mean, it was a lot of like apocalyptic, um, you know, this kind of like, and, and this was in the midst of the Cold War. Um, yeah. And so there was definitely that, like, how does that apply itself to the Bible? Mm-hmm. And so that's, I guess, kind of in light of that is that's like one caution that I would give to kind of the modern Christian reader it's interesting. I uh, I preached at this uh, camp meeting, which is like a kind of right out of the Second Great Awakening, uh, a couple weeks ago. And I mean, it's the 193rd camp meeting. I mean, literally, it started during the Second Great Awakening. And yeah. I um, I preached one night from Revelation five on race, and um, which of course, like this is not like a very diverse crowd at, at the Second Great Awakening <laughs> camp meeting, but you know, just was kind of trying to press some categories there and. Afterward, a guy named Daniel, coincidentally enough, shout out, came up. Daniel, great guy, came up to me and started talking to me, and we started talking about the book of Daniel, and we started talking about kind of the times that we're in now. Mm. Um, and you know, the, Scripture tells us to be watchful. Mm-hmm. Um, and but I think being watchful doesn't mean like uh, try to interpret exactly like what the third third horn is you know i think be watchful is no like look there there is and not that it's wrong to have those conversations it's fun to think about but be watchful is like be ready for the kingdom be be ready for the great ruler to come like be, like like know that christ is returning yep um and so there's going to be many kingdoms of this earth and that's i think what to me that's kind of what we're seeing here like there there's there's many kingdoms that will rise and that will rule and that will have a sense of authority. Yep. Um, but of course in the end, um, there is, there's one King and he will judge all nations and he will judge all seasons and all kingdoms. Um, and, uh, all, all nations, all Kings will bow before him. Um, and you know, throughout those kingdoms, whether you're living in, I mean, I I think that's something, something that, that, Western Christians can get in trouble with like Western Christians as important as the United States is on the world stage. Like it's not the whole of the world. Right. And so your experience of life is different. If you're living in the middle East right now, your experience of life is, I mean, you you might think of like the kingdom of Saudi Arabia is like the most primary and fundamental kingdom. And for you, it is. Mm -hmm. Um, Or if you're living in China, you know, again, I mean, 
just think about it in terms of numbers, like China has a billion more people basically than the United States, yeah. almost a billion more people than the United States. So, you know, is is that a more significant kingdom than the United States? I mean, in some senses, yes. I mean, even financially, it will be in the next, you know, 20, 30 years probably. So anyway, all that to say, um, I do think we get into trouble when we can kind of hyper contextualize mm -hmm. these things. Uh, I'm not saying that they don't have a contextual meaning. Totally. Uh, I just think that it it's hard to know what that is. Yeah. Well, you know, in, in John 18, like Babylon is, is, is a fascinating kingdom. Um, and you know, in some sense, like we've, we've hit the fall of Babylon already and, and like the conquest of the Persians and whatnot in, uh, Daniel six or Daniel five. But, you know, in, in John or in revelation 18 and John's revelation, which is, you know, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years after Nebuchadnezzar and whatnot. And, and he's talking about the end times. He, he sees this angel, this minister of God coming down out of heaven, exclaiming, fallen, fallen is Babylon the great. And there, there's this big epic poem that's kind of prophesying over Babylon. And, and this angel is saying, all the nations have drunk the wine of the passion of her sexual immorality. And, you know, essentially the point that I'm getting to is when we think about a kingdom, like you and I, we, we think about a country and basically it's a entity that is bound by like political regulations. Yeah. yeah. You know, in the ancient world, a kingdom was more of like a defined ethnicity, you know, right, yeah. like it, it was a, there was a common bloodline in a sense and like a common people group, which is very different than, you know, America or Great Britain or something. And here in Revelation, the kingdom of Babylon is this symbolic, you know, it, it's this abstracted like idea um, that traces from the Tower of Babel through the kingdom of Babylon and through the end times. And it's this figurehead of human ambition, of sexual immorality, of pride. And, uh, and so there's, there's so much nuance here. And I think it's good to press into the like deeper interpretation and the, you know, our favorite time metric of times, time and half a time. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. But at the end of the day, I think the, the thing that we are to walk away with is exactly what you're hitting on, which is that we are to be watchful, that we are to be discerning of the times, and that we are to be looking for the kingdom of God. And, and there's always a Babylon, right? There's always a Babylon. And there's always and Babylon is enticing. Mm -hmm. You know, my my dad, and maybe we're going long here, but like uh my <laughs> John my dad, you know, my parents, you know, it's it's funny, like, I mean I feel like, you know, the Carlisles are still so spry and, and, uh, <laughs> but the, the D's, you know, are, are kind of starting to get old. Like my parents are like 70, you know? And yeah. so, um, my dad, <laughs> my dad like loves to just sit on his back porch and like look into his backyard and like watch the birds, like what old men do, you oh, know? And so sounds like a great day. I know. I mean, it really is. And like my parents actually have this amazing backyard and they've really like cared for it. And like, it really is beautiful. Um, and so I always like, you know, the hanging gardens of Babylon, mm -hmm. you know, I always say like, Oh, John D is looking at his hanging gardens today, <laughs> you know, yeah. out on his patio, you know, uh, one of the wonders of the world. But I mean, Babylon 
the idea of Babylon, I mean, it is this idea of all the kingdoms of this world that have so many beautiful and amazing and victorious uh, achievements. I mean, even to your point about the Tower of Babylon, the tower that can go to the heavens. I mean, it is it is this kind of symbol of like what I would just say, like the kingdom of man. Yeah. Um, and the achievement of man. And that's really like the overarching. That's why it's such a good symbol. Yeah, absolutely. Be- because like that is what that is the battle for your soul. Like, will your soul be given over to the kingdom of man or to the kingdoms of man? Um, and that could even include like your own achievement or will your soul be the Lord's and will you be dependent on not the achievement of man or the potential of man, but the, you know, the power of God. And and so anyway, let's be watchful in light of God's power. So for Carlisle, I'm Jason Deese. We'll see you tomorrow on our daily rhythm. Thanks for listening to our daily rhythm. I'm Jason Dees, one of the pastors of Christ Covenant, and Our Daily Rhythm is a ministry of our church designed to help you more faithfully and effectively meditate on God's Word. If you ever have a question for us about one of our Bible readings or one of your own Bible readings, please don't hesitate to text us at 404-465-1737. Again, that's 404-465-1737. Or email me directly at jason at christcovenant.com. We'll meet you again tomorrow for Our Daily Rhythm.